the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Micah Coop. Hello and thank you for joining us today. You're listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. And I'm going to welcome you to our Church of the Week feature. And today in the studio we have with us Pastor Rick Hudson of Lackland Baptist Church. Pastor Rick, we want to welcome you to the studio today. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. It's, it's great to be back with you. It's great to have you, and it's great to, uh, to be part of, of getting you on the air and getting the word out about what's going on at Lackland Baptist yeah. Church. But before we do that, why, why don't you just take a few minutes and, and uh, give the listeners out there uh, a history on, on where you've been, where you've come from, and how you've ended up as senior pastor at Lackland Baptist Church. <laughs> well, that, that is quite a story. That, that, that's in and quite of a itself. tall order. But, uh, <laughs> well, it, it kind of is. Well, I, I grew up here in Texas, grew up in the Panhandle in Amarillo, and uh, became a Christian when I was uh, in high school out there. I had grown up in church, had, had been a part of the youth group in a, in a church there in, in, in uh, Amarillo and really had a wonderful time growing up. Uh, but I, I, as I became more aware of uh, biblical standard and what God really wanted for us from the standpoint of salvation, I realized that just walking an aisle someplace, uh, you know, uh, is not enough, that, uh, that you have to have a personal relationship with Christ. And, sure. and as an 18-year-old senior in high school, I, I gave my life to Christ, and uh, I, I, I got real saved, mm-hmm. and I really did. And it was, a, it was a fun thing. It was an exciting thing, time in my life. And things changed completely for me. I, I had, uh, had had all of my plans laid out as far as what I wanted to do in my life, and the Lord had other plans and, and uh, called me into the ministry, and, and I spent about 14 years early on uh, going to college and, and ministering in churches as a minister of music and associate pastor, those kinds of things. And uh, uh, I, I had a wonderful experience uh, with some of the, the churches that I, I serve. God put me in some places where uh, I had an opportunity to see how churches grow. You know, not everybody has that opportunity, uh, uh, Micah. There are some some guys that never see a church grow. They see maintenance, and That's they very true. you know they yep. they kind of sense that the pastor is the pastor is is more or less like a chaplain. Uh, you know, in that you know they take care of the the flock and they you know and and all that sort of thing. But they, but there's not not growth that takes place. And and I I, I grew up in a church where. Uh, my pastor was very evangelistic and and very growth oriented and and uh, seems like every pastor I worked with was that way and so I had a a, a privilege uh, of getting to serve in some great churches and um, well, one was at San Jacinto Baptist in Amarillo we uh, we led the Southern Baptist Convention in evangelism in 1978 
uh, baptized over 1,300 people in one year. And that was an exciting amazing. time. Yeah, that's and, amazing. And uh, just to be part of that and to watch that and see see the mechanism and how all of that worked was was just amazing. Uh, I served on staff at First Baptist in, in uh, Albuquerque, and uh, we led uh, the state of New Mexico in evangelism and things like that. Just had the opportunity to see some great things. I worked with a fellow over at First Baptist in, uh, in Pasadena in Houston, Daryl Robinson, uh, as he was the pastor there, and that was a, a great evangelistic church. And, and so, you know, that's kind of been my background. But I went into business uh, when I was uh, uh, 32 years old, uh, left the ministry for uh, a while, and uh, uh, spent about 25 years in, uh, in business. Uh, most of that time I was in the, in the funeral industry. Uh, which is very similar to, uh, in some ways, to ministry. Um, but when I got ready to retire and kind of uh, started looking at something else that I wanted to do with my life, uh, the Lord really had never uh, stopped. Uh, you know, the Bible says that God doesn't repent of the calling sure. of the gifts. Of the, uh, His the, callings uh, are without call. repentance, absolutely. That's right. And, and, uh, and so uh, the Lord began to, to really deal with me about uh, uh, being involved in ministry again. And uh, my wife and I had joined Lackland uh, Baptist Church, and and uh, we loved that little church over there. And we were just there to kind of help uh, as best we could. Uh, it was a, a small uh, kind of an inner city uh, church that had uh, somewhat lost its way, kind of lost its vision, I think. Not totally, but uh, uh, it, had, it had declined down to running around 40 or so people, a very faithful bunch of folks. And... Uh, one thing led to another. They found out that I had been in ministry. They asked me to, to lead some worship services and lead a Bible study and then asked me to preach. And before long, they'd asked me to be the interim pastor. Now, that was a shock to me <laughs> uh, that, uh, uh, that I would even do that. But, you know, the Lord worked in such a way that uh, really got a hold of my heart, my wife's heart, and, and the church. And, and when they, they called and asked if I'd be the senior pastor, it was a, it was a wonderful thing. And, and, and one of those things that it was just we came home. And that's kind of that's about the best way I can describe it. It's just time to come home. That's and, excellent. Uh, yeah, so it's been very exciting. And you have, uh, you have kids, and they're, are they in Texas, or are they out doing their own thing? You yeah. Know, how's, yeah. The, how's the family side of things oh, there? Oh, yeah. We've got, we've got a couple of daughters here in town and uh, sons-in-laws and grandbabies here. Uh, Janet and I have 15 grandchildren together. We've got wow. a whole bunch of them. I, I've got three sons, two live in Amarillo, one's in Houston. Then the two girls are here, and uh, I, I, did I say Houston? He's not in Houston. He's in uh, Nashville. Nashville That's right, yeah, Nashville. I, thought, I, I, I was like, wow, he moved. Yeah, I, I, no, his in-laws are in Houston, and so, gotcha. they, you know, when uh, we get together. They're close they're, by. Yes, yeah. So we're, we're, uh, we do have family. Got a lot of uh, little ones around uh, here recently at Christmas time. I had a whole bunch of them here at the house, and so it's a, it's, it's a busy time at the Hudson House. Oh, I guarantee that's great. You, that's you bet. great. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but you you also have uh, a music background, and uh, you have uh, uh, kind of extensively been involved in music and and now some of your kid your kids are involved in that same path. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that well yeah transpired? i was uh, it was one of those things when I became a christian my my goal in life was to become a symphony conductor, and so I was very active in in uh, uh, schools, orchestra band choirs all anything I could do with music. Uh, in high school and, and college, my undergraduate work was done in music education, as a matter of fact, and I, and I served churches as a minister of music. 
And uh, I, I loved it. And one of the things that I found out uh, that I could do, which really surprised me when I, when I realized that that folks would actually pay me to sing. I, th- <laughs> oh my goodness, how how cool is that? Yeah, and yeah. and uh, and so I, that was the first chance or the first opportunity I ever had that that kind of made me think that I might be able to actually make a living in a music field of some sort. And and like I said, I wanted to be a symphony conductor. But when I became a Christian, I was introduced to some gospel music, uh, the old Imperials, right, and. Right. Uh, that, that they were an early influence in my life, and uh, and started listening to some of the old Southern gospel stuff, and oh, yeah. uh, back in the day, and uh, and I started singing those songs, and and uh, it had invitations to go to one from one church to another, singing and and then leading music and revivals, and it just kind of evolved into uh, a, a ministry. I. You know, I really believed that when God called me to ministry, it was to be a pastor, to preach. But my music talent was such that I got more invitations to sing. Uh, and so I just kind of went that way. In college, they gave me a scholarship if I would come and sing. And so I was a music major rather than a religion major. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the direction that I went. And uh, uh, But after several years, I, it, it, it became more and more evident uh, that I was not uh, really in the center of God's will as far as the uh, the kind of ministry that I was sure. involved with. And I believe that that probably created in my in my life and in my heart a, a point of some some rebellion and uh, and, and ultimately why I, I got out of ministry for sure, a while. Sure, sure. We're talking to Pastor Rick Hudson of Lackland Baptist Church here in studio. And uh, Pastor Rick, you know, you said a few things there that I'd just like for you to speak directly to our mm-hmm. listeners about this. You know, you had... Uh, some t- some music talent. There was a there's a business uh, ability and a call of the uh, to the ministry right. in, in all, all in one package here. You know, and uh, a lot of people maybe that are listening they've struggled with uh, you know the the inevitable question what am what on earth am I here for? Right, right. And and a lot of times I think maybe they they miss they're misguided or, or misdirected as far as where to put their focus and their right. their time their talents their you know their uh, their treasure and, and and speak to that for just a minute. How how is it? How did you navigate through all of those waters? And and what's important for people to to keep their eyes focused on? Well, Mike, I, I'm not so sure I navigated extremely well <laughs> through the years. Uh, quite frankly, I think I, I, I don't think I know absolutely. I I took some detours and I and I and I missed God uh, all around. I think the most important thing for people to realize is that when they are when they are when they have their eyes on Jesus, firmly on him, and they're following him, he's going to direct their paths. You know, the scripture tells us that uh, that if we'll trust in him, uh, that he will direct our paths. Right. And, and if we'll get in his word, that that's a light unto our, our feet, a lamp unto our, right. our paths. We need to, to really spend a lot of time in God's word and uh, a lot of time just keeping our eyes on him. You know, he, Jesus himself said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He was, of course, talking about the, the things that we need in this life as far as uh, the material things. And I think I was kind of seeking after some of those things when I went into business as opposed to keeping my eyes on Christ. Uh, I, I took my eyes off of him and started looking at other directions. And, and, but when we, when we ultimately come down to the point where we realize that as believers, we must follow him. 
and that that's what a disciple is, a disciplined follower of Jesus, then he puts us right back where he wants us to be. And that's what happened to me. I mean, I, I, I've got to tell you, I was shocked and amazed uh, when how quickly I, I went from being in business and loving it. I mean, having a sure. great time right, right, to becoming the pastor of this church, quaking in my boots, brother. <laughs> I'm telling you, scared to death. And yet knowing that I full well that I was right where I needed to be, right in the center of God's will. And it, and it, it took a lot of, of repentance on my part, a lot of seeking the Lord, a lot of, uh, and, and I'm just amazed that he's so gracious uh, to allow people to have a second chance or a right. third chance or right. a fourth chance. God is never done with us, right. and there's always redemption and, and restoration. And that really is the reason why uh, I named Restoration Road, Restoration Road, because it came out of my life experience that, that God is in the midst of and, and in the, right in the middle of all restoration that happens in our life. He created us to worship him and to have fellowship with him. And we blew it by sin. And, I mean, that from the, in the Garden of Eden, well, that's, that curse of sin follows every one of us all the way to today. And the restoration that God desires is to bring us back into that fellowship. And that happens only through the grace of the Lord Jesus who trusted him by faith. Absolutely. You're listening to Pastor Rick Hudson of Lackland Baptist Church. And Pastor Rick, you mentioned it, so I'll bring it up. You know, you have a you, you have a radio ministry that the right. Lord's given you now. And, and uh, you, you brought up the name of it. Uh, restoration right. <clears throat> is is the Restoration Road right. is is the name of that. And. Uh, even in in some respects, it, it seems like that's even fitting for uh, the church. You know, right. when when you came into Lackland Baptist Church, you know, you mentioned that there was there were forty faithful people, great great people, but there was maybe a, a, a little bit of lacking on the vision side of things, and and you came into that. Talk about the restoration of Lackland Baptist Church. What was it like to come into such an established church, a church that had been there for generations, and and now you come in. Um, in some respects as an outsider and, and having to, to bring some restoration and, and put the church back on the road to restoration. Right. One of the things, Micah, that was so exciting about, uh, about Lackland, when I first walked in the door, it reminded me of being in my church back in the seventies almost. Oh, wow. I mean, it was, it was really a, uh, a step back in, in time almost it, the, 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 the way the buildings looked, even even the smell of things were, were that way. And I, and I recognized almost immediately that one of the things that had happened was that, that the church, although they continued to preach the gospel and emphasize uh, the Lord there, uh, like you said, very, very faithful folks, they had kind of missed out on, on the changes around them in their neighborhood, and, and really the culture had changed and, and so forth. So one of the first things that we, we began to do, uh, number one was we, we very intentionally remained a traditional church because of those people who were there. I believe with all my heart that when God moves a pastor into a church, a traditional church like that, um, that you don't go in and just start tearing things Guns up. Guns blazing. No, 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 no. You, you know, those people are the ones who built that thing. And, sure. they, you know, they God used them, and, and uh, you know, they deserve the very best in, of, of being able to uh, to do that. And so, so we continued intentionally to, to have traditional music and traditional kinds of services and, and so forth. Uh, I even wear a coat and tie on Sunday morning. You know, and, and yet through that, what's happened is that, that we, they – they began to 
to kind of come alive in the vision of reaching their community again. Sure, sure. And uh, we started going out and, and talking to people. We took the, the gospel outside of the walls, and we began having uh, neighborhood outreach programs and bringing people into the church building. One of the great things, advantages that we have there at, uh, at Lackland is, is Lighthouse Charter School, which meets in our building. And we have about 250 students that are there. It is a charter school. It's, a, it's part of the uh, uh, Northside in, uh, Independent School District. Okay. But, uh, but we have a touch with those children. We've started an after-school program with them. Uh, as a matter of fact, a few weeks ago at, during the Christmas season, uh, we had the little children from the afternoon our after-school program come and sing one night uh, for our church. A lot of the parents came from the school to hear their children uh, first time that they had been in our building. Perfect. And so they're beginning to, uh, to recognize that we're, we have a partnership there. Uh, we, we did a thing at Christmas time where we gave away toys for all of the neighborhood children. All they had to do was show up with their parents, and, and uh, there were well over 300 uh, kiddos that came in and received free toys and, and uh, uh, just a touch from our church to tell them that, you know what, Jesus loves you, and, and there's a, some people here in this building. who We love you too, right. and we want to provide these things for you. You know, you're, what you're talking about is so important, and uh, you mentioned it, and, and Obviously, your church is doing these things. You know, you're you're leading the charge. You're you're uh, you're involved in outreach and evangelism, much like you you were raised in in the church world. Right. And and uh, but l- let's talk for a minute. I, I'd like for you to to get down to the individual believer. You know, because the these outreaches, these these programs, th- this evangelism is uh, it's supported by actual bodies of believers, right. actually right. actual people. And and I think you know in Acts chapter one, Jesus said very clearly, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And I think a lot of times our outreach is focused on the ends of the earth, but right. maybe we miss the Jerusalem. Can, can you talk to the the person listening right now? They're a believer, but maybe they've lost their way, much like uh, the the church has, many churches have, mm-hmm. which was your experience in getting reconnected to their Jerusalem. Well, I think that one of the things that you've got to do is is simply what what we did. What, and I don't know if this would work for everyone, but I believe it will. What we did is we began to challenge our people to go out and walk, you know, in their neighborhood and pray as they walked a Great prayer idea. walk. Great idea. I started out by going just, you know, I'd, I'd leave in the morning, uh, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, just to kind of stretch my legs a little bit. And I'd walk three or four blocks around a, an area, and I would just pray for each home. As I, as I pass by. And if someone, and I'd ask the Lord, you know, if there's someone you want me to talk to today, have them out in the, the yard, make a, uh, a divine appointment for me. And, you, you know, go. he did. Mm-hmm. Some of those people began to respond. I'd love to say that everybody I talked to came to our church, <laughs> made a profession of faith, but that's just not the case. <laughs> sure. But sure. what did happen is that people began to realize that Lackland Baptist Church was still in the neighborhood and we were still alive and well. Right. And several of our other people began to do that. I know one of my men uh, used to go regularly and take flyers, door hangers in a neighborhood right. close to his house and just pass those things out every uh, week or two. And uh, these are these are folks that are somewhat elderly, but boy, I mean, they would just get out and they and they would pray for the neighborhood, and they began to get acquainted and, and uh, began to touch some of these lives. And what happened was not so much that individually they connected and made evangelistic uh, uh, contacts, 
but their hearts began to change for the neighborhood. That's it. Yeah. They began to pray for their, their neighbors and for the community. And then uh, the way that all of this, these ministries have come about, I didn't do it. I didn't come up with the after-school program. I didn't come up with the, uh, the, the gift giveaway. People came to me and said, Pastor, what can we do? We've got a few dollars here that we'd like to invest in ministry. What do you think we could do with this? Wow. And then they would take the ball and run. I had uh, a couple of ladies that uh, that kind of came to me as far as the after-school program, and now we've got that thing up and running. I had another lady that called me on the, the Christmas gift giveaway, and she and her family and, and several other people, they formed a committee of folks, and they got it all put together, and it was an amazing thing. But that's what happens when... When people begin to change their heart toward the people around them, and the only way to do that is get outside the walls, pray for those folks, begin to see them, have contact with them, and God begins to work in their heart and change you know, them. You know, I think that's so powerful, what you're saying. You know, we're heading into a new year. Uh, 2013 is, is upon us, and, you know, as we, as we think about uh, one of the things I've been saying a lot to, to believers and people I talk to is, what's your contribution going to be in 2013? What's your contribution for the kingdom? And, and I think you, you nailed it in, in the place that we have to start. Everything has to begin and end with prayer. Right. You know, so as, as we head into this new year, what are maybe some of the, the New Year's focuses for Lackland Baptist Church, for, for the ministry that, that you're, you're leading there, New Year's resolutions, uh, so, some of the things that are, that are in scope for this new year? Right. Well, one of the things, Micah, that we're going to really begin uh, uh, dealing with, we're going to continue sure, building sure. on what we've been doing, but there are two areas specifically that I'm, I'm really interested in this year. One is in the area of prayer, uh, of building up our intercessors uh, there at the church, personally learning, getting more people involved in the daily devotional time of prayer. Uh, our quiet times typically if, if people even have them, <laughs> yeah. is, you know, they'll spend a minute reading a, a devotional verse out of a book someplace and, uh, and you know, a prayer that's, that's closely akin to now I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> I, and I, I I'm not making fun. I'm sure, just saying I that understand. that's typical. Yeah. And, and if we can get folks even there, that's great. But I want us to enter into a little bit more, uh, you know, if we can spend more time with the Lord. You know, Jesus... Uh, encouraged his disciples uh, toward the end of his life. Can't mm-hmm. you spend just an hour just with me? Just pray with me an hour. Yeah, right. Can't you just stay awake that long? <laughs> and and boy, wouldn't that be something? It would revolutionize right. our churches well, and our lives. Well, you know, it's encouraging that. that even the the apostles and disciples couldn't do it. <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. But that's one of the things. The, the, the area of prayer, and the second thing is, I'm going to be doing some teaching on on uh, this the the idea of spiritual gifting. No, okay. Not so much the emphasis on the giftedness but on the emphasis of plugging in where you are gifted right? so that every individual, see that everybody in the church is a minister. Absolutely. We, we've gotten away from that, I think, in the, in the American church. We, we have hired guns who sure. are pastors and staff members, and, and they're supposed to be the ones going out and doing all the hospital visitation, all of the evangelism, everything that's going on. Let, let the pastor do that or let the preachers do that. Well, no, that's not at all what the Bible teaches. The Scripture teaches us over in Ephesians chapter 4 that God gave the church pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets and so on. 
to equip the saints for yep. the work of the ministry. Yep, absolutely. And so we're going to build on that and emphasize that more. And my, you know, the, the longer I become uh, that I'm the pastor at Lackland, the more it, it, it is evident to me that people are as they come. My my response is supposed to be, you know what? That's a instead of that's a great <laughs> idea. Let me see, how, you know how how we can put that together. But rather, that's a great idea. How can I help you do that? Sure. And and just help the 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 folks in the pew begin to get out of the pew and begin to minister. And as they do that, their lives are going to be enriched and and Absolutely. they're going to embrace the the ministry that God's called them to. Absolutely. Now, when we're talking about all these things, for the person listening that maybe they don't have a home church. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a home church. Maybe Lackland Baptist Church is the place for them. Can you can you tell them a little bit about what a church experience is like? If they come on a Sunday morning, what 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 are they going to experience? What's unique about uh, Lackland Baptist Church? Sure. Right now, I think the most unique thing about our church is the spirit there. You walk in and you just feel like you you feel like you're getting wrapped up in a warm blanket. I mean, those folks will love you. And uh, it, it, we and I know everybody says, well, we've got a friendly church. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have a friendly church, sure. and, and uh, but it goes beyond that. It goes much deeper than that. You can see it in the people's eyes; uh, they love you when they when you come in. Uh, we've got great music. Uh, the the preaching is is adequate, you know, <laughs> and uh, but but we we've got a just a, a great group of people, and uh, uh, it's you can come and be relaxed at our church. I said a while ago, I, I wear a coat and tie. Well, that's fine. That it's true. I do, and and several of our older folks do. The the folks that were there, but we've got uh, a whole lot of other new people now, and uh, the you know you can come as you are. And uh, in our church, and you will feel comfortable there. We, nobody is, uh, you know, there's not a dress code, in other words, at our church. We're also going to begin uh, soon, uh, probably a second service. Part of the, one of the things that happened to us here in the last couple of months is we had a flood at our church, and it flooded our sanctuary. It was basically destroyed. I mean, lost all the carpeting, the pews, had, we had to take everything out and, and dry everything out so that we didn't have black mold. And as a result of that, we determined to go ahead and renovate, and we're about to get into a new worship center, and uh, but it's smaller than the other auditorium was. Consequently, we're going to run out of, out of room pretty soon. So we'll start a new uh, worship service that's going to come in on a Saturday evening. That's going to be much more contemporary. Uh, again, intentionally, we're going to have a, a worship band and group, and, and it'll be kind of geared toward uh, young families and and it'll be an exciting time when we get that going on. The 11 o'clock service will always be the more traditional kind of service. And so then we'll have kind of an opportunity to have choice as to the type of worship service that people want to come right. to. Right. You know, it's uh, so you're doing a grand reopening then. Yeah, we are. Uh, we are kind of a rededication, as it were. Uh, on January 13th, uh, we're going to have a... Uh, our, our 9.45 for Bible study, and at 11 o'clock we'll have our worship service in our new worship center. And it, it's gorgeous. I'll tell you, it is just, I'm, I'm so proud of it. I, 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 I'm, I'm tickled to death. Can't believe that, uh, that that it turned out as well as it did. Amazing. Um, but we'll be having our worship service in there. Our director of missions, Charles Price, uh, who is uh, with the Southern Baptist here, uh, San Antonio Baptist Association, uh, we'll be out that morning. He'll be preaching a charge, and then we'll we'll stop and pray and recommit and dedicate that building to the to the use of the Lord and for His service in uh, in worship. And then Sunday evening, 
we're going to be having a special uh, guest, uh, Dr. Gary Crossland is going to be presenting his Merged Gospels, which is an apologetics uh, presentation. It's a multimedia thing. We're really excited about having Dr. Crossland with us, and uh, that's going to be at 6 o'clock. And so we want to invite everyone to come out. We'll also have lunch after the service in the morning, and so uh, bring the family. Y'all come out and and visit. I know here's one thing I I do want to say about that, Michael. Thousands of people through the years have come through Lackland Baptist Church. I run across them all the time in San Antonio. Now they've moved out to Bernie or they've moved out on the northeast side of town or they've moved away from the neighborhood. This is a great opportunity if they would like to come and see what God is doing in their old church mm-hmm. to come back and to be have a great time of fellowship. And so that would be a wonderful time for them to do that. Just come over 945 for Bible study and, we, and just stay for the day. We'll have a good time. And give the date one more time. It's going to be January the 13th, Sunday, January 13th, second Sunday. And uh, we're located at 2718 Frontier Drive. That's about three or four blocks west of Military Drive, right off of the Highway 90 access road, just north of the access road. Well, thank thank you so much, Pastor Rick, for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you having me. Well, we want to thank you again for listening to our Church of the Week feature with Pastor Rick Hudson of Lackland Baptist Church. On behalf of AM630 KSLR, we'd like you to uh, visit them. Go out and see them at 2718 Frontier Drive. Or call them at 210-674-2702 or visit them on the web at lbcsa.org. Thank you so much for joining us for our Church of the Week feature with Pastor Rick Hudson. I am Micah Coop and keep listening to AM630 KSLR, The Word in South Texas. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.